is still the first month of the year, and uh, many of you made a New Year's resolution. 90 million Americans, it's estimated, make New Year's resolutions, okay? In January, we resolved that we're going to stop doing the bad things we are doing and start doing the good things we're not, right? Well, the problem is <laughs> that uh, by uh, February 1st, it's estimated that 75% of those, of the people who've made resolutions, just given up on it. Uh, that's this Wednesday, by the way, all right? <laughs> so you're still committed till Wednesday, all right? Uh, by the end of February, it's estimated that 90% of people who made a New Year's resolution will say, nah, forget it, okay? And not worry about it anymore. Now, why is that? Now, I mean, New Year's resolution, that's a good thing to do. I'm, I'm not bashing New Year's resolutions. Uh, hopefully, we want to get better. We want to grow. We want to change. We want to improve physically, financially, spiritually, emotionally, relationally, and, you know, in all those ways. But why doesn't it work? Well, here are just three reasons uh, that, number one, usually a, a New Year's resolution is too vague. You know, it's something like, I want to get in shape. Well, what does that mean? You know, that you can bend down and touch your toes, or you can run a marathon. Oh, I didn't go all the way down, excuse me. <laughs> I know when I started coming up, I said, boy, he couldn't even touch his toes. Okay. Uh, get in shape. You know, what does that mean? All right. It's pretty vague. Uh, many times they're just too shallow. You know, like, well, I want to be a better person. Well, what's that mean? You know, better than the jerk in your office? You know, is that a better person, you know? So it might be too, too shallow. And then here's something we really want to focus in on today. Too many. Sometimes, you know, you have one or two or three New Year's resolutions, you know. Today we want to talk, us, to talk about focusing on one thing. Now, last week we talked about one thing, and we'll just uh, kind of review or summarize and talk about that. But uh, that's where we want to go. Now, again, New Year's resolutions, they're good, okay? We shouldn't be dropping them, okay? But again, for those three reasons, they're, they're probably not going to work. But it, I hope that we want to get better, we want to improve, we want to grow physically and financially and spiritually every part of our life. Most people want to get better. There's a few who don't, okay? But most people want to get better in certain areas of their life. Few people do. Why? Because it requires change, all right? And change is hard and it's also difficult, all right? One of our values, we, we talk about the seven values we have uh, around here. One of them is growth equals change. It, to grow or to change or to grow in any way, you've got to change some things. And a lot of us get resistant to change and don't want to do that. So how do we get better? How do we grow? How do we change? Now, let's say you bought a new car. And this new car, I mean, you read the reviews on it. And um, it was supposed to go from uh, 
zero to 60 in six seconds. All right? And you were just pumped about that. And so you took it out the first day, and unfortunately you found out it didn't go zero to 60 in six seconds. It took you like, or six seconds, it took you 60 seconds. Now, if it did, you'd be pretty upset, right? So what would you do? What would you do? You'd take it back. <laughs> now, who would you take it back to? The dealer, the one who sold it, the company that made it, okay? Now, you'd want the car to tell, you'd want the car maker, excuse me, you want that dealer, you want the people who made the car, all right? You'd want them to tell you what was wrong and to fix it because you want your car to run right. You want it to run well. You want it to run at peak performance. Friend, how about your life? Do you want your life to run well at peak performance? Do you want to be all that you can be? Of course, all right? Well, then who should you go to? Your maker. Take it to your maker. Take your life to your maker instead of Oprah. She's not, and I've never listened to Oprah, but I've heard people, I heard a woman say, you know, before I came to Christ, she was, I mean, she was just my guru. I just thought, man, she's got it all together. And this is, if I listen to her and do what she says, you know, my life will be wonderful then, all right? She's not your maker. I don't know if her advice is good or not, but she's not. Who are you going to go to? Your friends? They don't want you to get better than they are. They're not going to help you out. Your friend, take your life to your maker. That's the starting point. If you want to run at peak performance, then take it to your maker and talk to your father. He's your heavenly father. He, he wants to speak with you. And friend, he's written a manufacturer's manual for you too. You know, if you've got a car and you want to know how it's supposed to run, you just go and there are all the specs. Friend, here's your specs. This is how you can live well. This is how you can change and grow and get better. That's very, very important. Now again, we said last week we talked about one thing. It was based on Philippians chapter 3, what Paul writes there. And uh, if you were here last week, uh, we read this, not what's going to be up on the screen. And he says this to us. He says, dear brothers and sisters in Christ, that's you. He, did, he wasn't just writing to people 2,000 years ago. He's writing to you. Dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it. Now, Paul is a spiritual giant. But he's saying, listen, I've not become all that I should be. I've not arrived spiritually. Yeah, and unfortunately, we as Christians, we can kind of think we've arrived, you know. Well, I'm not perfect, we say. But, you know, I got it all together. I can't think of any major issues that I have, okay? Paul, the spiritual, he says, I haven't achieved all that God has for me. I want to grow. I want to improve. I want to be better. So, he says, as a result, how do I do this? I focus on what? 
One thing. That's what we talked about one, the last week. One thing. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. And here's his two things. This is how he focuses on one thing. I press on to reach the end of the race. We talked about this last week. You know, it's not who's ahead, you know, in the beginning of the race. It's not who's ahead in the middle of the race. It's at the end of the race. And see, too often, we're focused on the beginning of the race or the middle of the race. What's happening right now? That's not the end of the race. What is the end of the race? The heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. What are you really focused on? You know, this week? Well, of course, I mean, you got to plan for this week and schedule this week and do it. But are you focused on the fact that one day you're going to stand before your maker, the God himself, and he's got prizes, prizes for those who followed his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, every day. See, that's number one. If you get that goal in mind, see, then it's better. If you go on a trip, you know, you have a destination that you want to arrive at, okay? And you want to arride there well, or it may even be a good trip. You've got to think that. Well, then all the other parts of the trip are focused toward the end prize. I focus on one thing. And friend, think about it, what Paul said here in Philippians chapter uh, 3. It was written 2,000 years ago. How many, how many things are you reading that were written 2,000 years ago? How many things are still valid <laughs> for, that were written 2,000 years ago? This was. This is because it's the Word of God. And you see, God used Paul. He said, I want to I be the best I can be. God used Paul to start spreading the news about Jesus Christ. And friend, they didn't have technology. They didn't have TV. They didn't have internet. They spread it from person to person to person to person. And God used Paul to spread the good news about Jesus to the whole world. And today there are billions of people who are followers of Jesus Christ. How in the world could he accomplish that? He focused on one thing. He focused on one thing. The prize that God had for him in Christ Jesus. And see, one thing's really important. Uh, and uh, we know that. The Bible talks about it. In Luke chapter 10, verse 42... Mar or Jesus said to Martha, who was trying to, trying to do many things, okay? And he said, Martha, there's one thing, only one thing that you should be consumed about. You have one main focus, and everything else revolves around that. In Luke chapter 18, Jesus said to a man who wanted to be rich and famous, and enjoy life and have a lot of pleasures and have a lot of friends and have a good reputation and who of us doesn't want to have all those things ourselves? What did Jesus say to him? He said, friend, you lack one thing. You don't have the big thing. 
You have all these other things that aren't necessarily bad. You don't have the one thing. The Lord Jesus Christ is your God. And he went on to say to this man, because it was true, you're God's money. That's what your God is. It, the only way you can get rid of that God is to give it away. And then God will be your God. Friend, I love you, Jesus said to him. You lack one thing, the one thing. And see, this is important, because we are bombarded with so many things. You have a job. You have to clean, fix your house. You have to maintain your cars. You have to pay your bills. You have to maintain your health. You've, you've got a family. You've got friends. You've you just got all these things going on in your life. We're bombarded with so many things. And I love, I say this all the time. I love, I don't know who said it. I think I'll claim credit for it. The main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. That's it. That's it. The main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing in your life. Because if it's the main thing, then all those other circles around our life, they'll be in proper order. Okay, that was kind of last week, all right? This week, how do we do that? How, how do we keep the main thing the main thing? How do we have the one thing that guides all the other things in our life? One word. This is something, I think, a, a specific, practical, tangible thing that I think will help us have that one thing by having one word, all right? Well, what's the one word? Let's turn to Jeremiah. A prophet, one of the prophets in the Old Testament. Uh, lived uh, about 600 B.C. And God said something to him. And see, when God said something to one person, the principle there applies to all of us. And this is huge. In Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 4, we read, The word of the Lord came to me. He said, he's speaking. He's now telling the people. The word of the Lord came to me. What is your one word? See, your one word won't be the same as my one word or somebody else's in what we're talking about here today, all right? What is your one word? Based on Jeremiah 1.4, it's the one word that God gives you that will guide you and grow you in 2017. The one word that, will, that God gives you that will guide you and grow you in 2017. It's the word of the Lord that comes to you. Let's talk about that. First, probably got to say this, that many of us here today, we would say, well, God's never spoken to me. A lot of Christians would say that. And I hope that what they mean by that is, 
God's never spoken audibly to me. God's never spoken audibly to me. Uh, Donna has challenged that and said, when I speak to you, that's God. He's telling me what to say. No, you know, Donna. You know I'm just being ridiculous again. All right. Most of us have never heard God speak audibly. There are times when he does, but most of us, he hasn't. Well, one of the big reasons is he doesn't have to. Because you see, God is a speaking God. God has spoken to you, not audibly, but in other ways. Uh, Well, just three. God has spoken to you through creation. Romans chapter 1, verse 20 says, For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and the sky, the heavens, the stars, through everything, billions of galaxies, through everything God made, we can clearly see God's invisible qualities, his eternal power, his divine nature. We have no excuse for not knowing God. Now, we won't know him personally, and we won't know all about him, but we'll know there's a God that's bigger than me, more powerful than all mankind combined, a God who created. God speaks to us through creation. God speaks to us through prophets. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1 says, Long ago, God spoke many times and in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets. Okay, they're prophets who spoke for God, and God's given us that. We've heard from the prophets. That was God speaking to us. And in these last days, Hebrews chapter 1, verse 2, oh, what was the, what was the greatest message God ever gave to you? How the greatest we ever spoke to you through Jesus Christ. Hebrews 1, 2, and now in these final days that we live in, God has spoken to us through his Son. He said it. We've got it. Let's go back to Jeremiah. See, God is a speaking God, all right? And then Jeremiah was a prophet. God spoke to him, all right? Let's go back to Jeremiah chapter 1. And this is what God said to him. The word of the Lord came in verse 5. It says, Jeremiah, God says to him, Jeremiah, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. God saying to Jeremiah, Jeremiah, listen, he's a young man probably at this time, about 20. He said, Jeremiah, I know that, you know, 20 years ago you were born, but you know what, Jeremiah, I knew you before I created the world. I knew you in my mind. I conceived you in my mind. I planned you, planned when you would live. And Jeremiah, I appointed you. I have a mission for you. I set you apart to do something. And see, friend, that's what God does. That's what God does. God's telling Jeremiah, and he's telling you and me, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before I designed the universe, I planned to design you. I handcrafted you in your mother's womb to be unique and special so that you could accomplish the mission for which I created you. You have a part in God's plan. God's perfect, eternal plan. And that's how he designed you. God tells Jeremiah here in chapter 1, 
I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Now, when we hear uh, the word prophet, uh, what do we think? We think someone who does what? They tell the future. You know, a prophecy is, okay, I prophesy that, you know, uh, on, in September 1st that such uh, stuff is going to happen, all right? So when we hear the word prophet, we think someone who's foretelling the future. That may be the case, but some of the prophets that God spoke to, they didn't say anything about the future. It was all about the present. The true, the best definition of a prophet is one who speaks for God. God speaks to them, and they give the message of God to everybody else. Okay? That's what a prophet is. It's one who speaks for God. God speaks to them. Their job is to tell others. So what was Jeremiah's one word? Prophet. That's what you are, Jeremiah. Now, given that we live in a different age, given that if most people, when you hear prophet, you think, oh, foretelling the future, I like the word spokesman. (laughs) That's what a prophet is. It's a spokesman. God's spoken to me because he has a message for you too. And I want to be faithful to give you that message. That was Jeremiah's word. And you see that guy, because here, he knew he was a spokesman for God. And God told him to tell the people things that they didn't want to hear. God told Jeremiah to tell people things he didn't want to say. Because he knew that they would get mad and angry and throw him into pits and, and punish him and all that kind of stuff. Jer- God told Jeremiah things he didn't want to say. Why did he say them? Because it wasn't his choice. I'm a spokesman. You see, that one word, I'm a prophet, that one word just dictated everything that he did and everything he didn't do. See, that's how one word can really bring focus to our life so that we concentrate on that one thing. The one word will keep you focused on what God wants you to do in 2017. There's power in God's one word for you, for me. And again, again, this is just so important because we Americans are so busy. We have so many things available to us to be doing. And if somebody walked up to you and said to you, well, how's it going? 90% of you are going to say something like, man, I am so busy. You know, I just got so much to do. I've never heard him. I've never asked an American, hey, how are you doing? And say, oh, man, man, I can't find anything to do. I am just totally bored. I don't know what to do with my life. There's nothing around me that I'm interested. I don't have anything to do. Have you ever said that? No. We're, we're so focused on so many things. And you, and you have a lot of responsibilities. And you have a schedule, and it's crazy. And, and see, that's even more important for us to have one word 
that makes us focus on the most important thing, the number one thing about this life and the life to come, both. They're not contrary to each other. They're supposed to match up. One word that makes us focus on the number one most important thing about our existence. Somebody said, just one word helps you do something about one thing instead of nothing about everything. Yeah. Just one word helps you do something about one thing instead of nothing about everything. It brings focus, brings concentration to our life. It, it orders the other things in our life. Okay, how do you discover it? How do you know what's that one word that God has for you, why he created you, why he designed you, what he's got planned for you here in 2017? How do you discover your one word? I'll give you three uh, help, or excuse me, four, four helps, four steps, okay? And the first one is, we, this is what we've been talking about, ask God. Ask God. Jeremiah said, the word of the Lord came to me. <laughs> God wants to speak to you as much as he did to Jeremiah. He's a speaking God. Ask God. Ask God what's that one word for you. And I, and I just want to tell you, because some of you are already saying, hmm, I haven't heard yet. <laughs> He's probably not going to tell you in the first minute. He's probably not going to tell you today. He may not tell you this week. Why? Why would God do that? Because he loves to hear you pray and he knows how much you don't like to pray. And he wants to talk to you. He wants to hear your voice because he loves you. So, I mean, you know, he might drag out the process just because he's enjoying hearing from you so much. So don't get discouraged. If you haven't heard, if you don't hear your one word today, don't give up. Keep asking. If you don't hear it this week, keep, keep asking. If you don't hear it this month, if you don't hear it this year, keep asking next year. Keep asking as long as you have breath. Ask God. Ask God then you'll discover a God word instead of just a good word. There are a lot of good words, but they may not be God's word for you. Then when you, you know, God, thank you. Thank you, God. I, I've heard from you. Pick your one word that you'll do something about one thing instead of nothing about everything. Two, step two, this is really important and really hard. Let God take you outside your comfort zone. Don't just say, well, I got my word for God, from God. It's be good. There's a problem with that. It's two words. That's the first one. The second one is, what does that mean? Be good. No. 
you see, we, we want a word that will keep us kind of in our comfort zone. Oh, yeah, I like that word. That's a good one. Yeah, I, I like doing that. What's the problem? Well, a couple problems. One, we won't grow. If we're in our comfort zone, we won't think we need God. We can do that ourselves. If, if it's in our comfort zone, we won't depend on God. We'll do it in our strength. Let God take you outside your comfort zone. When he gives you that word and you go, no, I can't do that one. That, oh, no, I don't want that word. Oh, that's probably God speaking to you. I don't know. But let God take you out of your comfort zone. Step three, keep your word front and center. Where do you look the most? That's where you need to put that word. On a mirror, on the refrigerator, on your desk. Some of you need to put that on your TV. If you have a 40-inch screen TV, you need to make a 40-inch sign and put it right there on the TV. Because, man, it can just eat up our time, I know. Keep it front and center. And step four, tell somebody. Share it with your go-to team. Who do you go to when you need prayer? When you're discouraged? When you want to grow? Somebody you know is not going to condemn you. Somebody who loves you. I hope you have people like that in your life. I hope you have you know, a couple of accountability partners or hope you have, I hope you're in a small group. We grow together. We grow together. And share. You know, then you become accountable. You pray for each other. You encourage each other in that. I want everybody right now, I want everybody right now to take out your wallet. Don't worry. I don't want any money. I want you to take out your wallet, and there's a reason for it, okay? All right. The <clears throat> Some of you, and uh, the uh, ushers there, they're going to start passing out cards. Oh, and the first thing i got to say, some of you may not get a card. We've got a, a big crowd today, and we already told you, uh, I think, uh, no, uh, Mike, Mike's already told you that, Jason's team won last week, so he was running around church all week doing the dirty dance of the Atlanta Falcons. And Mike is depressed because the Steelers lost. So, you know, and then Carla is away on vacation. All right, so <laughs> it's amazing that we have a service here this week. All right, because <laughs> so we may not have enough carts. And uh, get them, especially the people in the back, and pass them forward if you have too many or something like that. Uh, and I have some extra cards up here. Uh, we just, uh, I didn't estimate correctly. I'm not sure. But anyway, I want, and this card, this card I want everybody to have. What size is it? It's business, it's wallet size. It's credit card size. Right, I know every one of you have a credit card or a wallet or something like that. 
I want you to have this card and I want you to put it in your wallet, okay? Now, I want you to make other cards because you need one on your fridge, one on your mirror, and one on your TV, all right? So you can make other cards, but this is your reminder. And see, God may not give you that word today, but he's gonna give it to you. And when you do, when he gives you that word, I want you to write it down here and someplace else, okay? That one word that you believe is a word from God because he loves you so much and because he wants to grow you and because he wants to work in you and he wants to work through you, okay? And friend, we'll remind you, you know, during the week and we'll remind you next week that one word from God to help you focus on one thing so that we keep the main thing the main thing because that's the main thing right one word the word of the lord came to jeremiah the word of the lord came to fred and the word of the lord came to bob and the word of the lord came to jeff and and all of us because god's a speaking god and he wants to speak to us and he wants to work in us and he wants to help us. And I just hope that this will help us really keep our eyes on the prize which God has for us in Christ Jesus. That's what it's all about. Father.